Hi, I'm Vanessa May, host of Feisty Mermaids, and this podcast is a place where we explore the topics to help you unleash the power of the mermaid within. We talk about self-love, relationships, and the roadblocks which often stop us from being limitless. So today I'm going to talk about the times I've mistaken someone's attention for love. Yes, there's no secret that I've had my share of really crappy relationships, and you guys have heard from some of those during this podcast. But as I look back, I realized that I often made the mistake of thinking I was in love when I was actually feeling a bunch of other emotions except love. I'll share with you some stories about the many times that I jumped into a relationship while not being in a good place mentally and emotionally, and I'll talk about how it all ended. But most importantly, I'm going to talk about what I really learned from these situations. So thanks for joining me today and stay tuned here on Feisty Mermaids. Ah, so where do I start? I'm going to actually share with you three different stories, each of them telling about a time when I was in a relationship or I entered a relationship where I mistook the need of meeting an emotional need that I was having for actually being love. So I'm going to start by telling you this first story about the first time that I walked down the aisle. I've mentioned to you guys that I've done that a few times and I will never do that again. Um, I won't tell you how many times I've done it. So I'll leave that up to you if you think that I'm on the Liz Taylor plan or um, something more or something less. But either way, I was walking down the aisle for the first time and I'm going to call this story when comfort becomes your default. So I had been dating this person kind of like throughout college. We started dating, I think, maybe at the beginning of like our junior year in college or whatnot. We had been friends in high school, and he had kind of just been a constant in my life. I don't know that we necessarily were a match. Well, looking back, we definitely were not a match. But he was just there. He was always there, and he gave me some attention, and it felt kind of good. At the same time, we always fought. It was just one of those relationships where there was constant conflict and he was bringing out like a completely different side of me, a side of me that was very combative and very um, emotional where I, I feel like I've come leaps and bounds since that happened. But either way, fast forward, we dated for a long time. I was finishing up my master's degree and I'd mentioned to him that the graduation was going to be on May the 5th. I knew this a year in advance, and uh, the date obviously really stuck with me because of Cinco de Mayo. For those of you who are listening that may not be familiar, the Cinco de Mayo is a very uh, popular Mexican holiday that has really become more of a thing in the United States where people use it as a holiday to really kind of drink some tequila and some Mexican beer and to go out and eat Mexican food. But for those of you that are into history, it is actually the day when the Mexicans defeated the French in the Batalla de Puebla. Um, look, I'm not, this is not a history podcast, so that's where I'm going to stop. If you're interested, you can certainly go out and Google more about the, the battle where the Mexicans defeated the French. Anyway, going back to the story. So I was graduating on the 5th of May. Everyone knew this ahead of time. My friends were planning a big party for finishing my master's degree, etc., 
So I told my boyfriend, hey, don't forget, big party coming up, 5th of May for my graduation. It's going to be great. And he proceeds to tell me that he's booked a guy's trip for that weekend. To which I said, look, you've known for a year that I was graduating on this day. And clearly, it's a pretty big milestone having achieved this uh, level of higher education. And he chose to actually go on the trip with his friends anyway. He chose to miss my graduation, which, look, that should have been a huge red flag that I wasn't his priority. He could have moved his guy's trip a week before, a week after. It's not like they were going abroad or they had done elaborate plans. They were going to a local Florida beach. So it wasn't like it was a big, big deal. But for me, graduating from my master's degree was kind of a big deal. And it was, uh, I would say, once in a lifetime that that happens. So I broke up with him and I booked a trip to Japan to go hang out with some friends and it was going to be great. And I went. I went for two weeks to visit my friends in Japan. We had a great time. We were broken up. Um, I ended up spending my birthday over there. And I came back not knowing if he was even going to be at the airport. So this is probably going to date me a little bit because back in those days, this was before everything happened with 9-11, and you were actually able to go all the way in the airport and wait for somebody as they came out of the tunnel from the airplane, which, of course, I think the newer generations nowadays will, will never know what that's like because that's just not allowed for security reasons nowadays. So anyway, I get off the plane, and there he is. He's holding some roses and tells me how he's sorry and how he messed up. Of course, he was realizing that what he had done was just a not a very nice thing and just really showing that I wasn't his priority at all. So anyway, we get in the car and he proceeds to tell me how he can give me a beautiful life. He can buy me a home and, you know, we can make a family and all the things that I think a lot of us want to hear. We want to hear that we're wanted. We want to hear that we're special to someone and all this time in my head I'm thinking I'm jet lagged I just want to go home I want to take a shower and I want to sleep and then he drops the bomb then he tells me when we start our life together I can get you a dog and for those of you that know anything about me dogs are just my life dogs are absolutely amazing and I had never had a dog up until that point in my life because I wasn't allowed to have a dog while I was living at home um, my mom just didn't want to have animals in the house so with that I said okay and next thing you know that weekend uh, he had made plans for us to go see all these new neighborhoods that were doing new construction and we ended up putting money down uh, as a down payment on a house and to say the rest is history, <laughs> it kind of is history. We got married. And of course, after a few years, I was not happy. I knew that that wasn't going to work out. And what happened is that I let that level of comfort of saying, well, here's this guy. He's giving me attention. He says he wants to build a life with me. Maybe this is what I need to do. It's something that I, I felt it was the next logical step after graduating college and starting my career is finding a mate and settling down and starting a life with someone. But I chose to go for that comfort. I chose to stay in that relationship where I felt that, look, it may not be perfect, but I have someone. So what I've learned on this particular story in this particular relationship is that being comfortable with someone doesn't mean love. 
And that's something that I wish we would all examine. And I see so many of my friends and I even talk to people as they're entering relationships or people that have been in a relationship with someone for a long time and they stay because it's comfortable. We stay because maybe we don't want to take that chance of being alone. We risk staying in an unhappy situation because we don't want to feel those feelings of being alone instead of going out there and really finding an amazing love. So that's what I learned. Don't be comfortable. Don't just get into a relationship and fall in love with someone or think that it's love when it's really just being comfort because the person happens to be there and they may be promising you some cool things like, you know, building a life with you and a dog, of course. So the second story that I'm going to share with you, I'm going to title this one, Getting Attention from the C-Suite. Um, and this is about when you're getting attention from someone that you feel may be a little bit out of your league or someone who you say, wow, I can't believe this person is giving me some attention. I can't believe this person wants to spend time with me. So when I say the C-suite, for a lot of you who may work in a business setting or in a corporate setting, the C-suite typically refers to someone like the chief financial officer, the chief marketing officer. And in this case, there was um, a person who I started to date um, actually shortly after my first marriage ended. And he was very ambitious. You know, he was uh, one of these people that was a go-getter. He worked his regular job and he also did work on the side for, for things that he wanted to accomplish. And I've read now that he's actually achieved getting into the C-suite for his company. And, you know, which is great. It's something that he always wanted. But when I first started dating him, I remember thinking, why is this guy interested in me? This guy seems to have so much going on. He seems educated. He seems all these great things. And I was, of course, feeling, I, th I think a lot of you have heard in my previous podcast, how I was feeling, I just had very low self-esteem coming out of that first marriage and watching everything kind of dissolve and, um, and not working out. There's, there's definitely a lot of feelings I was having there. So when I started to get attention from this person who just had a lot going on, like to go to nice restaurants, like to try nice wines, uh, like to travel with me to different places. Um, it just felt like I was never really part of his league. And what I realize now is that my feelings of just kind of not getting over the last relationship and just not um, knowing exactly what I wanted is kind of what created me to feel this way. So what I learned that in that relationship is to examine how you feel when you're with someone. And I've talked about this in a previous podcast. How does that person make you feel? What person do they bring out of you? Because what I learned here is that what's really meant to be yours will be yours. It's not going to miss you. It's almost like that arrow that the universe shoots. And if it's meant to be yours, it won't miss you. So... I felt like I wasn't myself in this relationship or in a lot of other relationships. But in this case, it was me feeling like I was less than this other person and that this person was great and why are they even interested in me? So engaging and boosting my own self-esteem and understanding who I am has really helped me to spot this in other relationships or as I meet people that I may be interested in to say, okay, just because someone's 
flashing their new car or somebody's, uh, you know, waving their credit card around because they can pay for a fancy meal or something like that. Don't let that blindside you. Don't let that be like a veil that goes over your head. And definitely don't let those feelings of insecurity of saying, I don't feel like I'm good enough. If you're feeling that sense of inequality and that there's a disconnect because why would this person give you attention? There's probably something deeper inside of you that you're struggling with. So examine it and pay attention to that because most likely you're going to mistake the attention that you're getting and that veil is over your head, it's over your face, so that you're blinded into feeling like it's love when it actually is more of attention and just feeling a sense of um, somebody just giving you something that you have never been exposed to. So the third story that I'm going to share with you, and this is the last story, as you all know, I could probably go on all night and telling you some stories about people that I've dated and how I've mistaken sometimes other emotions and other feelings for what is um, for, for love. So the story I'm going to talk about mistaking love for security, stability, and financial responsibility. I'm going to call the story The Boy Scout Sweeps In. So for those of you that may be familiar with Boy Scouts, I believe that's a that's an international organization, or at least it's very big in the U.S. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm given any misinformation here. I've never been part of the Boy Scouts or the Girl Scouts. I just know people that have. But typically, the Boy Scouts have a reputation for being reliable children that are learning different things, whether they earn their badges for nature or they earn their community service badges, etc. They're always doing something good for the community. So when I started this new job, I was, um, it had only been one or two days that I had started the job and I met this person. And when I say the Boy Scout sweeps in as the name of the story, it's because he, I think, just knew very well how to read the situation that I was in and to know that I was a little bit in a vulnerable situation. What happened is I was actually dealing with some financial issues. For those of you that may remember, in about the 2005 time, there was a big housing crisis that happened in the United States where there was incredible inflation in homes. And then really within a few months, the markets crashed, the housing market crashed, and a lot of us lost a lot of money on on real estate. So I had purchased a very small condominium, a very small apartment, and I paid a premium price when, when the, the bubble was, was in place. So of course, when the housing market crashed, I lost a lot of money and financially, I didn't know what, what I needed to do. So I was struggling with that whole situation. And this person swept in to tell me the right things to kind of make me feel not only comfortable, like I was sharing in the first story, but also providing me a sense of security that he would provide for me, that he would take care of me financially, that I didn't have to worry anything. And he very quickly managed to, you know, offer for me to move into his place and uh, wanted to make things as appealing as possible for me to really just want to take him up on his offer. But what I learned here is that when you're in that very vulnerable state, when someone can offer you a sense of security and somebody can help meet 
a need that that you're struggling with, you'll mistake that for love. And it's almost like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I was recently reading an article about that and about how love and relationships are evolving because it used to be that most of us were looking for a relationship that could help us meet the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. But as, as we've evolved, and especially as women have started to earn their own money and having their own careers, we actually are moving more towards the top of the pyramid where we want someone that's a partner, someone that's an equal. But in this case, this particular person just wanted to meet those needs for me, those basic needs so that I would feel secure and I would feel taken care of. And I just mistook that for being love. So what I learned in this situation is to really embrace that place of discomfort where we face our struggles on our own, whether it's a financial situation or um, a heartbreak situation or a health situation, whatever it is, by facing those struggles on your own, instead of choosing an easy route, we're going to learn more from it. We're going to come out stronger instead of allowing something to just come in and mask those feelings, which I'll talk about in a different podcast. One thing that I've learned about love is that it's really important to learn how to cultivate that self-love. And it's better to be in a situation where you understand that love is a constant practice and it's a discipline that requires learning and development, commitment, and of course, a lot of sacrifice. And that just by allowing someone to meet an emotional need or a physical need or a financial need, it does not equal love. So I want you to examine, because if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably been in situations very similar to mine, where you have mistaken true love for actually a different emotion or a different feeling. So think about that. If you're in a situation where you got yourself there because you were meeting something else, it may not be love and it's okay for you to examine that it's okay for you to say do i belong here and then for you to make the right choices to either stay and put in the hard work that is required of love or do you say maybe it's time to walk away and face some of those really difficult emotions and feelings that i'm having on my own and become a stronger person so i'm going to end with this quote as you get older, you can energetically feel the difference between people who love you and those who care at their own convenience. So I'd love to hear your stories and you know that you can reach me on social media, on most of the social media platforms. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and also TikTok um, every so often at Feisty Mermaids. You can also check out the blog and some of the clothing line that I have on the website, which is feistymermaids.com. I'd love to hear from you. And thank you for stopping by. Thank you for being here today. And I'll see you next time.